Well, we spend a fair amount of time on this show talking about current political issues and what's happening now. And every now and then I like to put my ear to the uh, railroad tracks and try to get a sense of what's coming uh, down the line. I'd mentioned, I don't know, seven, eight months ago that, that um, fat, the fat acceptance movement was going to be the next thing after uh, the transgender movement that was going to be uh, our, our newest uh, lesson that must be beaten into our heads. And now I'm starting to see more and more signs of of something that is along these same woke lines and driven by the same woke things, but in, in my mind, much more disturbing. I'm Bill Little, by the way, here with Steve Green and Scott Ott, and this show is Right Angle Made Possible by the members of BillLittle.com. Uh, gentlemen, I'm seeing more and more reports and cases of, uh, of a psychological condition, the uh, which is called um, body integrity identity disorder, but basically the term that's being applied to it is transableism. And I'm not making this up. These are people who are intentionally, permanently disabling themselves for reasons that are hard to fathom. People who are having perfectly good leg, perfectly good legs amputated so that they can go around in wheelchairs. There's an example on Instapundit that uh, that got me thinking about this, about a woman who felt like she should have been born blind. So she um, blinded herself by pouring uh, a, a drain cleaner into her eyes. And most shocking of all is that she did this under the encouragement and essentially under the supervision of her psychologist, who I think was the person who drove her to the hospital. Put aside the fact that, just put aside the little things that are morally repugnant about this. Namely, there are eye banks for people who actually would like to see. Um, yeah. And if you are if you are so determined to lose your vision, you could think about maybe just donating your eyes. Put that away. And put away the fact that, that, that psychological professionals are not only trying to avoid, trying to talk you out of this, but are in fact helping you to do it. The idea of, of, permanently maiming yourself and cutting off your legs or your arms because you want the victimhood status you want the you want that that um you 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 want something to put you on the on the on the virtue uh wagon is horrific horrific and 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 my conclusion on this was so cutting off arms and legs or blinding yourself in order to get to be a victim is not only repugnant, but makes the skin crawl. It's essentially no different than what they're arguing for the transgender movement. They're just different parts that they're cutting off. Uh, Scott, I saw you flinch on this one. I flinched on this one too. Put the politics aside, the practicality of it aside, the sickness of a, of a society aside. There is something evil about this. There's something <coughs> evil about taking... A, a healthy body and maiming it in order to get attention or or victimhood status it just makes your skin crawl you know um what i don't understand is why any actual maiming is required can't i just identify as blind or lame isn't that possible? Because I've heard we can do that with other things in life. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, this is, it, it's funny, when you said this, the first thing I thought of is when I was a little boy, I would occasionally close my eyes and walk around the house with my eyes closed and, the, and to see how I would be if I could not see. 
And Every, I did that too. I had a cousin I um, who, who, I, who I still have, is a cousin who's still alive, and she is blind. And I think this probably happened after I met her. And I remember um, one day she came to visit and we were out back and somebody asked, you know, where she was and she was down in the woods. And then in a little bit, she emerged from the woods and she was walking up toward the house and periodically she would clap her hands. And, um, and we're like, what is she doing? And she was echolocating um, off the house. You know, we live kind of out in the woods, so there's not a lot of houses around. And so she knew that she could she could hear the, the reverb from the house and she knew where she was going. Anyway, that fascinated me and I admired her. And I thought, you know, you never know what's going to happen in life. Someday I may wind up being blind. So I, I literally thought as a little boy, you know, immature thinking was like, I'm preparing in case... In case that happens to me, like how could I could I survive that? Um, I've often wondered when I see people in wheelchairs muscling around with their powerful biceps, you know, I was like, could I do that? Wow, that takes uh, not only tremendous physical upper body strength, but just tremendous force of will and character. Um, that said, uh, I don't want to hasten that day uh, for me or anybody else. And if I had said to anybody in my family, hey, you know, I'm pretty sure that I could navigate as a blind person. And uh, so I'm kind of going to take it to the next level. I was wondering if you could drive me to the hospital after I do this to my eye sockets. Um, that would have been the cue to take me to a mental health professional. Yes, exactly. Yes. And then the health, the mental health professional encourages you and helps you pour the bleach, and then she drives you to the no, hospital. No, no, no. That's not what I'm thinking no, at all. No, but that's what happened in yeah, this case. That's what happened in this case. But that would have been that would have been an indicator that something is really wrong with Scott, and that we need to to deal with that, not by encouraging the the distortion of reality that he's that he's going through, but by helping him to address it and to see it for what it is so that he doesn't go down that path. Um, you know, if you really want to identify with people who are blind, then get involved in a charity that helps people who are blind or, you know, come alongside of a friend who needs some assistance or just make friends with somebody who has uh, a handicap and, you know, just be a friend to that person without, you know, in this, in essence, not being charitable, but just being a friend. So you can do all that kind of stuff. But you're right. It, there's a lot of parallels here with the whole transgenderism movement. And it's not uh, it's not hatred, it's not discrimination, it's not phobia to say that that something is awry there, something's wrong, and that there are better ways to deal with it than to encourage the, the divergent thinking, so-called, the aberrant thinking, and in some cases abhorrent, like in this case, abhorrent thinking, and to to take that person and say, well, you know, who am I to say that it's wrong for you to gouge your eyes out? Uh, let's see if we can be of some assistance here. Um, I, I hope that this is another one of those instances where the internet grabs a hold of something that two people are doing somewhere in the world and makes it seem like it's a big dang deal when really it's a super small percentage of the population and, and it's not a growing wave. But it's, it's sad and there is help for people who need the help, uh, but but we need more friends. We need more uh, sensible people to come around them. Yeah, uh, Steve Scott said if he had a sudden desire to uh, pour a cleaning a drain cleaner in his eyes, there's something wrong with Scott, and he's right. And if you have a psychological a therapist, a, a person who's licensed to give psychological advice, 
and that person, instead of trying to talk you out of it, helps you along with it, then there's something wrong with that mm. person too. Yeah. If you were to say to if if I were to say that I've given this a great deal of thought and I want both of my legs amputated at the knees, and this is what some of these people are calling for. It's still a still a very fringe group, but it's getting bigger. I'm concerned it's the it's the very front edge of a of a of a bell curve like everything yeah, else. A social contagion like we've seen with the transgender movement. Uh, thank and driven and driven by the same things. But yeah. here's my question for you. If I, if I went to a doctor and said, this is, this is my will, this is what I want to do and I'm determined to do this, what kind of doctor would perform that operation? What, what, I'm sure you could find them because we can find them now. But if you were to actually confront a doctor and say, I want you to amputate both of my perfectly healthy legs at the knees, because I feel like it, who's going to perform that surgery? Somebody. And, and, and if that's the case, if, if, if that's so obviously repugnant, then why are we not applying that same standard to lop it up other parts of people, which is what's going yeah, on yeah. right now? Um, the person who would do that, the doctor who would do that, is somebody worse than Dr. Frankenstein. Frankenstein was at least trying to create new life with old parts, old dead parts. Um, the idea of taking life, a healthy leg, a healthy arm, healthy eyeballs, and turning them into dead tissue, um, uh, what, what is that, murder by degree? I... Hmm. Uh, that's I need to I need to think that one through, but that's that's what what comes to me. Uh, and yeah, there's a real fear it's social contagion here. Uh, thank God, gender dysphoria is one of the worst mental conditions that I know of. Uh, the rate of either attempted suicide or suicide ideation is forty percent or higher among people who suffer from this condition. And that number is unchanged whether or not they undergo transitioning. So what, what we're doing is, is not helping. Um, we, we, we need to provide actual honest help for, for the victims of this condition and, and not indulge in, in hormones and surgeries and butchery on, on prepubescent or pubescent girls. Um, that said, I want to get I want to get back to the original topic on this just a little bit more. Um, macular degeneration runs in my family. Uh, my grandfather had it. His his aunt had it, and he had the. There are two kinds of macular degeneration: wet and dry. Uh, the the dry kind is uh, what I can't remember which is which. Darn it! But in the one kind, your your vision your your macula starts dying from the outside in your vision just over the years gets gets more and more tunnel vision until finally it's lights out um the other kind starts in the center and works its way out the advantage if you want to call it that of the second one is that it doesn't destroy the entire macula you keep your peripheral vision and that's that's a version my grandfather had um and he got it fairly young he was about my age i think he was in his in his early 50s when uh, when it hit him it usually comes quite a bit later in life. And over about the next 20 years, he lost virtually all of his vision until all he had left was his peripheral vision. And uh, when you start a conversation with him, you would watch him dart his eyes back and forth a little bit until he had you fixed uh, so that he could seem to look at you. Uh, that's It was kind of his echolocation, using what little vision he had to, to get you centered in in where his eyes were directed so that he wouldn't be off-putting to you. Um, and since it is a, a 
genetic thing. It's something that I've got hovering over me. Uh, I go to the eye doctor every year. I, I take my biot and all the other good vitamins for my eyes. And so far, knock on wood, uh, no macular degeneration or any sign of macular degeneration in, in me. Uh, but this idea... <sighs> Give me a moment. <sighs> the idea, not of losing my vision which is bad enough, but of losing the vision of my beautiful wife and handsome sons. And to read that somebody did that to themselves on purpose. Uh, Bill, I read that headline. I couldn't even read the story. I just, I got a ball of ice in my stomach reading that. And then on reflection, the idea that other people are helping people to do these things to yeah. themselves instead of getting them the psychological the psych, the help that they need. Um, this is this is the end game for the for this identity movement that you are what you imagine you you want to be or that your mood swings tell you you are of people mutilating themselves to feel like they think they should feel. Um, it doesn't work. It does not work. We've seen it with, with the transgender movement. We're seeing it now with people hurting, maiming themselves. It doesn't work. And if there's anything that any viewer takes away from this who might be thinking about harming themselves in some way, it doesn't work. Seek help, not hurt. The, the first words of the Hippocratic Oath, which are thousands of years old, are first, do no harm. That's when you become a medical professional, a doctor, you, are, you, you take this oath because for millennia, this has been the ethical, guidestone, uh, ethical guidelines that, that people who treat people adhere to. The Hippocratic Oath is, is essentially, it's the essence of medicine. And among the things in the Hippocratic Oath is first, first... Do no harm. How a doctor could perform any of these surgeries is, and remove healthy tissue because a person decided they didn't want it, to me, is a direct violation of the Hippocratic Oath and a violation of, of every ethic that every doctor should have. Uh, what Steve said about it doesn't work is, is absolutely right. The, the, the reason we've had an explosion in these transgender clinics is because instead of telling people you've got a mental illness, and I've suffered from mental illness, there's no, there's no particular uh, no stigma, stigma yeah. attached. It just happens like anything else. You, you, the thing that needs to be made clear to them is they have become convinced now by society that if they are a, 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 a very upset and lonely and, and scared and, and disturbed uh, young boy, they've been told that if they become a young girl, they're going to be happy. But what they are is extremely upset, sad, and disturbed young people who then, after a few months of, after the initial, you know, love bomb wears off, find themselves with the same exact problems that they had. And now they can't go back. Now they're, now they really are in the twilight zone and they can't, and they can't recover from this. There is something about this that isn't just psychologically wrong. There's something about people chopping off their own arms and legs that is just plain evil. It's just, it's, it's just morally repugnant because 
because all of these things are gifts. And there are many, many people out there who were either born without those gifts or have been deprived of those gifts. And to simply throw them away is, is horrific. I have had an enormous honor of doing a number of events, as a, usually as an MC for wounded veterans. And I had the unbelievable privilege to stand next to a man who had lost both his arms and his legs. Uh, in service to his country. And, and when I think about people doing that to themselves so that they can wear the victim hat when the real victim did it in order to create a society that is so safe that people can be this insane in it, hmm. it's, it's, it's really quite disturbing. Um, I am a big believer in a free country. I'm, I 100% believe in being able to do what you want to do with your own life. I'm, I, I fully believe you swing your arm as much as you want till until your fist encounters somebody else's nose, and then, it's, then, then we have to have a discussion. But when you have people who are in this kind of situation, any medical professional, either a, a medical doctor or a psychologist who is aiding that kind of mental illness is somebody who I think needs to be de-licensed. You're not supposed to be encouraging kleptomaniacs, and you're not supposed to be encouraging arsonists. You know, you're you're not supposed to be encouraging any of those things. You're supposed to be helping these people and healing them. If this were a one-off or a two-off, I would I wouldn't think anything about it. I, I would, and, and I hope Scott's right. I hope this is something that's just out on the fringes getting reported. But that's not the impression I get. The impression I'm getting is that I'm seeing more and more of this. And ultimately, ultimately, I think the things that drive this are, number one, uh, millennials and Gen Zers are, have been taught from birth to hate the entire idea of humanity, just that humanity is a cancer on the planet. We'd all be better off without humanity. They've also been taught that white people are, are the scourge of the earth and the people in the cases that I've listed happen to be white. So I suppose maybe they feel like they're atoning for something. But... When you have a society that, that is so, when you have a, a progressive movement that is so determined to demonize every aspect of human existence, you can expect to see more of this. And when you especially have a society where the only way to stand out is by increasing your victimhood points, you will definitely see more of this. It is exceedingly disturbing, and, and the thing that I think made me most interested in wanting to bring this up is is the idea of having somebody blind themselves with bleach or have their legs cut off is so morally repugnant that it makes me wonder why we don't have that same kind of reaction to top surgeries just as as one example you know it's an illness and it needs to be treated as an illness and i have enormous sympathy for these people but but the people I consider to be the villains in the story, the people who are medical professionals who should be helping them recover rather than putting them in a situation that is irrecoverable and that they will never, ever be able to get out of. And that's just beyond appalling to me. For Steve Green and Scott Ott, I'm Bill Woodall. We'll see you next time right here on Right Angle.